and plummeting brand value, the NRL has played its last card in the pack. It has launched Rugby League Season 2019 as a new era, yet the game has extinction written all over it. Lurid sex tapes, Cameron Smith refusing to retire, the Roosters as premiers, it's truly sickening. But history tells us that Rugby League has always been able to crawl back out of the primordial slime of its own making if someone utters two magic words. Fire up and Shazam! And all would be right with the greatest game of all. Well, no longer. The game has been blasted back to the Stone Age and the two brontosauri that are Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale can't do anything about it. So welcome to New Fire Up, the new Coke of Rugby League Radio. Welcome to a Fire Up involving 33% less talk, 33% less music and 67% less comedy. Welcome to a Fire Up that has the go-forward of the Adelaide Rams. Welcome to New Fire Up, the Jurassic Era. Chris Gale, he said two words, Shazam... (laughs) And fire up. Uh, I have two words that actually fire me up far more than they fire. Those words will, two words will fire me up. And those two words are? Dylan Napper. <laughs> now, a redhead will always get people's juices flowing. I know that. You know, we all love a ginger, a redhead, whatever. Yeah, generally positively. Blood nut. You yeah, know, bluey. We, we love our blueies in Australia. Yeah, yes. Uh, Dylan, I can't think of any right now, but sure. No, let's think about that for a second. No, I can't think of it. No, uh, Dylan Knapp, of course, uh, well, he's a headbutt merchant of the highest order. We know that. Yeah, it's sort of come from the school of Nate Miles. The Flying like. V. Terrific. 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 Uh, you know, <laughs> and intent was never part of his tackling style. Never. It was just, it was clumsy. Close just your eyes clumsy. and just fall forward. Yeah. Style. It shows commitment, sure. Stephen. Rugby yeah. League is all about commitment and prepared to put your neck on the line, and uh, Dylan literally does. Yes. Now, you know, we all remember, of course, uh, the famous, uh, it was called Palm Boo. Uh, it's a film that's being made by Rachel Ward starring Sam Neill. I, I think it's Sam Neill Brian Brown as, yeah, as yeah, Dylan yeah. Napper. Jackie McKenzie. Re- recreating that great party. You might remember that event that happened. Uh, Sydney acting royalty. That's right. Theo Chambers threw an annual Palm Boo bash at his multi-million dollar Palm Beach pad. Uh, this was uh, back in 2016, Chris, if okay. you remember, uh, takes you back there. And uh, Dylan, of course, had some sort of incident with a cleaner. <laughs> Not, early hours of the morning, couldn't remember much. You know, great, great views though. Yeah, I think he was he was awoken having uh, enjoyed the party as it had transpired earlier in the evening, uh, woken by some sort of dispute, and he came down and if, if memory serves me correctly, he was knocked unconscious by a tripod, which is. Is that, is, right? is that right? Was it a tripod that knocked him out? Are you referring to a, to a sex star, the tripod? No, 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 okay. No, no. I mean, this is this is all starting to come to light because Dylan, of course, is you know was revealed to have participated in a number of home movies in recent years. That's right. That's his other other claim to fame. And the word tripod again comes to mind. So. Right. Right. You know, okay. it's all sort of um, falling in on itself. Right, well, the quote was that uh, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure them out. They were drug addicts. <laughs> they turned up and had no intention of cleaning. They did nothing, absolutely no cleaning at all, except apparently whack Dylan Napper over the head to try and stop his... I don't know what, what he was up to at the With time. With a tripod, his yeah, tripod, yeah. a truncheon, uh, yeah. his truncheon. Look, it's... How, how can, by the way, what are the visual signs that uh, indicate that you're clearly a drug addict? Yes, if you're a cleaner and you're walking into a mansion in Palm Beach, what do you, what do you look for? 
Eyes that are sort of doing 360s, I suppose. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Uh, syringe hanging out your arm? I don't know. <laughs> that you know, might be a telltale tell yeah, yeah. uh, Now, it also featured Australia's next top model, Victoria Traboni. Uh, mm. There are about 600 people at this party with great glorious views of the pit water, etc., etc. Uh, Mr Chambers said he asked the cleaner, a man and woman, to leave the house at the end of the party, which he said wrapped up about 10pm. 10 p- 10 yeah, well, no, Stephen, you know we live in the... Uh, Barry O'Farrell slash Gladys Berejiklian slash yes. uh, Mike Bed Nanny State and, and day party. Let's, you were actually saying before is that modern musicians don't know music. You've probably never heard of a day party. You come from that Brontosaur era where you, you went out to nightclubs at it night. It didn't start till midnight. That's right. Everyone's That's right. out yeah, at yeah. If, if you're still partying at 10 o'clock, yeah. you have had a bender. Time's changed, Chris. Time's changed. I'm referring to 10 p.m., are you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Rachel Ward's made a film. Uh, I think it's called, is it? It's not the Dylan Napper story. No, no, it's uh, it's Palm Beach. Yes, the big poppy story. The big poppy story. Yes, that's right. That's going to be pretty major feature. Major feature film. It's, I mean, d- you know, because Dylan's uh, you know multiple threats, so to speak. Right, right. Uh, now, Dylan Napper, though, we're we're going to talk about redemption of the highest order in our cricket team. Yes, but Dylan Napper has recently, re- well, he's on a path to redemption or image rehabilitation, as you so correctly put it earlier. Uh, he lives in Rose Bay because I guess it's a hangover from his days with the Chooks. So hang on. He plays for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. He does. He trains at Belmore. He trains at Belmore. Uh, but he lives in Rose Bay. That's exactly correct, That's Chris. your modern NRL player right there. Right. Now, uh, apparently, though, he was awoken by the smell of fire. Sure. Yes. Uh, and there was an apartment on fire. Do you think it was like, like maybe a grease trap fire down at the old Doyles there on uh, Rose Bay Wharf? Catalina's maybe, oh, perhaps. Yeah, nice, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Yes, uh, he was seen in his little, and he's just in his budgies, you know, <laughs> running around gathering buckets, trying to put the fire. He rescued five people in this house. Wow, I know that's amazing. I, I say Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we sort of—it's not a hundred percent accurate, but I think we've got some audio of uh, uh, Dylan's very, very heroic efforts here that we uh, might get a we? chance. Yeah, okay, if we okay. get a listen to this. All right. My baby, my baby. Don't worry, ma'am. I'll save your baby. Oh, thank you, Mr. Conseco. My cat. Never fear, ma'am. I'll save your cat. (gasps) My player piano. Oh, man. Well, the dryer goes on the right. The dryer. Yes, <laughs> so Dylan was put to good use because he's a big boy. Yes. Big pappy, they call him. <laughs> they said, look, not just the dryer, the washing machine. Yeah, family yeah, fire, yeah. washing machine, piano. The widescreen TV. Yeah. Uh, what a hero. <laughs> no wonder they're making a major motion picture about this guy. It's just a tremendous piece of news, Steve. Well, I mean, and would you believe it? Rachel Ward happened to be there yeah, well, with camera crew, you well, know. Let's, <laughs> let's face it, if you live in Belmay and you're yeah. only a stone's throw away, exactly, yeah. courtesy of the Cross City and Tunnel. And Brian was keeping in the crowd's back, out of the camera angle, please, you know. And there was Dylan with a great big upright piano on his back. Now, I'm confused. Are you saying this happened for real or this was just a scene in the movie? I think this happened for real. Oh, okay. oh God, well, I don't know. Oh, fact, wow. fact and fiction, who can tell anymore, Chris, well, when it comes to rugby league? I think we should all head to the movie and uh, make it up our minds for ourselves, Stephen. Wonderful. Now, Chris. Yes. Chris. Yes, I'm a little croaky this morning, Stephen. You were there. I was there. West Tigers, have, have, have they bullied in the top eight. We are the on the live ladder, <laughs> yes. and there's nothing else that's relevant in rugby league other than the live ladder right. currently sitting in seventh position in the NRL competition. 
How excited are you? Very, very excited. Uh, 10,016 faithful at Leichhardt Oval last night as the West Tigers 28 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 4. Can I just say, we don't usually indulge in Schadenfreude, but this man, Chris Gale, right, He's flying out on a holiday tomorrow to Europe or somewhere, and he's going to go to some dance party in Croatia, as everybody does these days. You know. It's affected in yeah, affected today, music festivals. Today he's got a footy lunch straight after here. Could you Dolphins? He was, at, he was underneath the Morton Bay Figs last night on the hill at Leichhardt Oval, just celebrating with all his mates, singing, well, Robbie, walk, Robbie, I, Robbie. I, I walked past them as I headed to the corporate suite. Corporate section. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to let you on in a suit, are they? Well, no, no. And, and the, the Robbie chant was there when we began, yeah. but when he's crashed over... Over yeah. in a typical bullocking, burrowing yeah. run. It's not like a wombat style, isn't it? It's, it really is. It's a little bit like that uh, the mole in Thunderbird 2 that right. used to come out and burrow in. Right. And he crashes over, the the, the arm comes down, and the, can I simply say, mm. like Hard Oval erupted, Stephen. Did it erupt, did it? And it sent messages to so many people. Right. Uh, I think of the likes of Gordon Tallis, coaches yeah. Mick Potter, yeah. Jason Taylor. Suck on that. Who... As Robbie quite rightly pointed out, is coaching Norths. Yeah. And even Rocket Rod Reddy, one of your alumni, who suggested that Robbie is the most selfish player in rugby league. That's a pretty long list to choose from, Rod. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie, 301 games. We salute you. Yeah. I certainly did last night. Well, Chris, as long as I weren't saying oi, oi, oi. No, no. no, no when, uh, that, that's a whole discussion about Australia as sort of dredged up a chant from mm. uh, early 80s fascist skinhead punk. Yeah, from London. Probably speaks more about our country as a nation, probably, doesn't it? We're probably <laughs> getting closer and closer. Anyway, Chris Schadenfreud, Gale, we salute you. And everywhere we go, we had 25,000 people in New York City. I asked them, are you fired up? And they were all fired up. And I asked them, are you ready to go? And they're all ready to go. <laughs> Chris Gale, uh, we are here, and I want to. I've got to put. You know, we like to uh, the human condition. Yes, we're, I, we're pull part it of apart, it. analyze it. You know, hopefully we can provide some guidance to our listeners. This is a show about rugby league, but rugby league, of course, is a metaphor for life. It certainly is. And I, I can't think of a more accurate metaphor for life than rugby league. No. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here doing this show. Many times I've been in trouble. I, ne- I needed direction. Rugby league always pointed the way. Look, look to football. Look to football. There, there'll always be an answer, yeah. or there'll always be an example. Always. Whether you follow it or don't follow it is simply up to you. Yes, we could take Israel Falau in question and his dear beloved brother. <laughs> he's lost his job. Sorry to say his brother got hoit. <laughs> St. Gregory's, we salute you. Apparently he and his brother aren't, uh, isn't on board with Catholicism. And, and who is really these days? Yeah, and, and what about freedom of expression, Chris? Well, the right exactly. to say your mind and say the, the Catholic Church is as evil as it gets can I while say, still taking their penny. Can I say how good is freedom of religion, Stephen? How I've good always... is it? <laughs> Now, <clears throat> we often do ask this question, what is the most dehumanising job known to mankind? And Ooh. we do this as a warning to the younger listeners out there when they choose a career path. And I'm not suggesting you go into the Church of the Latter-day Saints or 
any of those, uh, not even in the Catholic Church. I don't think that dehumanises. I think that turns you into something completely different. But I would say, off the top of my head, uh, lawyer? Yeah, at top of the list. You'd know more about that than I would, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it does. It sucks the blood out of you, doesn't well, it? Well, I got close. You got close? I got close. Mm-hmm. I got the diploma, and then I said, no, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Never, yeah, did. I, Never did it. I, I don't like to sort of... I don't feel like I associate with inhumane creatures, and, and that, therefore you're a part of my you know, smaller circle of friends. Yeah, right. And, and <laughs> I understand that. And it is a small circle. Now, I would say a salesman <laughs> or a saleswoman. Yes, well, you know, uh, I think the usual cliche is used car salesperson. Yeah, you got to spread lies. Yeah. you got to <laughs> hoodwink people. Complete misrepresentation. That's not good. No. Uh, parking officer. Tough job. That's about to suck the goods out of you. <laughs> tough, <laughs> tough job. People need to Abuse, work. There's yeah. a dignity in labour. I've always said that. But uh, you're not, you're not, not going to come home feeling that good about yourself, are you, Steve? No, you're not now. Because, you know, everyone's sort of on you. Yeah. Now, you're a big uh, reader of crime fiction. I know that, Chris. And uh, <laughs> you often read about these henchmen, you know. They work for the KGB or Mossad or the Mexican cartel, you know, or even China. And they're usually know? faceless. They're usually faceless. Uh, evil people, evil doers. Got to have no soul whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, anything else comes? Oh, I would say Tom Cruise in most of his films. <laughs> just just, <laughs> just straight, up, straight up. Inhuman. Not real. <laughs> not real at all. Uh, I, think you, ju- I think journalists. Journalists. And, oh, and look, while we're on the subject, mm. anyone who broadcasts on commercial radio, yeah, right. really, the lowest yes. of the low. Well, and what about uh, any particular uh, category of DJ? Uh, what, what would I say? I mean, you, you would used to say EDM, but that means no one, nothing to anyone anymore. No. I, I'd say any mumble rap DJ would probably really be struggling in my view. Okay. Now, uh, anything that's got auto-tune involved. We've got a new entry, a new role, haven't we? A new, a new career path that is now, we realised, it took us a long while, Chris. We were talking uh, in descriptive terms, not disparaging terms of yeah. religion just recently, including uh, faiths such as the Catholic faith. Now, I, I would argue throw back the clock uh, several decades and uh, the religious calling was seen as a really, really prestigious career in life. It mm. suffered um, some slings and arrows in recent times. Yeah. If you go back to 1908 when the great game of rugby league was first postulated, Stephen, yes. they said not only is this going to be good for uh, people who are injured playing the evil game of rugby union, union. they now will That's receive right. some dignity in their pain, we will create a new job. A new calling, something that uh, coalesces all the greatest instincts of humans. Wow. And that position, that role, yes. that calling yes. is the rugby league coach. The coach? Yes. Wow. There was nothing more prestigious no. in society. And if you walk down this street 80, 90 years ago, people would just go, coach. Coach. Yeah. Coach. We salute you, coach. 100%. Respect one. All They'd the probably way. give a little bit of and, money. And, and surely it says it all. In all. It, within this, how long did you say? 100 and how many years? Well, 908, the game was uh, formulated here, Stephen. So I'll once, do the math 111 years ago. Right. Never once have we seen a female coach. No. Come on, Chris. You no, know that, that says something, doesn't evil it? Evil gender resides in the male species. Well, Jiminy Crickets, we're talking about tough jobs and, and <laughs> things that dehumanise you. We forgot to mention NRL referees. Yes. And poor old Belinda Sharp's poor been dragged into that maelstrom. And Christy, tra- uh, Christy what's the name? Um, uh, 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 Badger. Badger. Casey Badger. Coming soon. She's coming soon. You think we should... Fair warning. I think... You're entering into the fill of evil. All, gen- all genders out there that aren't... Is it cis male? Oh, I'm not quite sure. I'm right. not quite up with the lingo. Be warned. Right. Sure, it looks attractive. Yeah. It looks alluring to be the first, the first, i.e. dot dot female coach of an NRL team. Yes. But it's not a slippery slope, Stephen. It's a precipitous grease slope to it's oblivion. A, it's a straight drop. <laughs> It'll ruin you. You remember when Nathan Brown 
had hair, was cute, all the girls loved him, he was the most likable guy, knockabout, he could make jokes about anybody and everyone laughed. Nathan Brown was so likable that when he slapped Trent Barrett, and let's face it, who hasn't wanted who to? Who hasn't wanted to, yeah. Everyone said, ah, oh, the larrikin. The larrikin. The cheeky bugger. And when he dared to disrespect uh, Little Wayne over Big Wayne, Bennett. Mirth all around. Mirth all around. They right. thought he was a genius. Be- because cause Bennett, the taciturn, yeah. cranky old man that he was, not liked by anybody. No. But everyone said... I guess it's just simply because he's been around too long, not realising that, in fact, it's the job that he has. Right. Because look at what's happened. Strips your humanity. Looks like what's happened, happened to Nathan Brown over yeah. the last two or three years of his tenure at Newcastle. Well, he's got no hair to start with. But gone. Gone, gone. He's, uh, he's mean. He's absolutely mean. He's so mean yeah. that the Newcastle Knights hired Boone centre Jesse Ramian from the Cronulla Sharks last oh, year, and right. the Cronulla Sharks are very uptight about this. Right. And Brown... After their defeat to the Mighty West Tigers, mm. went into the press and said, there's some blokes out there who need to hang their heads in shame for what they dished up. Wow, dished up. And he's clearly yeah. talking about Jesse Ramian because yeah. Jesse Ramian's arrived at training yeah. up at McDonald Jones Stadium. So he was humiliated in front of his peers. Totally. Yeah. In the national press. Yeah. You can still go online so and see he's copying all the blame for the Newcastle loss. Like as if it's the player's yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, hey, okay. the player's fault yeah, that yeah, they lose. Yeah. Hey, I love that term, they dished up. <laughs> there's a chest there's a, there's a table, there's some slops up there. Just dish it up. You know? right. is, that what, is that what we're going to get? Soup Nazi style. Soup, Jesus Christ. And, and Jesse's turned up going, I'm going to do better, I'm going to deliver for my coach. And right. Brown has actually halted him yeah. at the entrance to the car park yeah. and said, mate, don't, don't unpack your bags, yeah, don't put, you're don't, gone. Don't put your boots on. Yeah. No. I don't care that you put, I don't care that you put your body on the line and you, you're a kid, yeah. barely knowing what your values and what your role in life is, and he's put him... Well, on his bike. Chris, I, can say, well, I want to ask you, which astute figure decided that he was a talent to lure from Cronulla to Newcastle in the first place? Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown. I rest my case. It's... it's. Yeah. So if, if rugby league coaching can turn the most lovable bloke in the world yep. into this mean, cruel, nasty, 22-year-old boy-destroying creature... Yep. Who else? I mean, surely well, there are other, other well, examples. It is. If you're the most lovable bloke in the world and has yeah. done that to Brown, yeah, right. if you take someone who is hard to love to begin with, and I say Ivan Cleary... Right. Yes, okay. Kind of an emotion. I thought, I thought that Ivan was respected. Well, it was because, you know, he was one of those very emotionally level players. Level players. Not much yeah, frivolity yeah, about yeah. him, not much flair. Yeah. Sort of hard working. But we all thought he was a great dad. Well, we did. Reunite with the son, Nathan. I mean, he took he took the untakeable Warriors to the brink of Premier success in 2011. Yeah. You thought, there's something about this guy, mm. okay? But then it gets murky, right? Is it the name Ivan? Well, you know, I, Ivan the Destroyer, I, the Impaler. Well, I was, I, tra- I was trying to think maybe Ivan the Terrible, but no, that doesn't. Yes, you know. But, but look at his recent history, Stephen. First yeah. of all, he's, he's something's going on at Penrith. Yeah. Right. His son turns up there. Yeah. Gus Gould, humanitarian, says, <laughs> "Is that right? This guy's a helicopter parent. We've yeah. got to let Nathan breathe." So he's just tapped Ivan on the shoulder and said, you need a rest. Mm. And you think, okay, that's probably fair enough if yeah. it's a tough job. Well, well, Gus is one of the elder statesmen. Yeah, he's mm. a good guy. Yeah. You know, coaching didn't ruin him. He got out in time. We'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. But then look at Cleary's recent track record. Yeah. He goes to the Tigers. He proves to be a dreadful bus driver. Yes. Look, yes. At, who, look at who he recruited. Madalino, yeah. Packer, who? Reynolds, oh, Packer. Yeah, yeah. Fanua, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris McQueen. Yeah. Are any of them playing in the victorious That's Tigers right. squad right now? They're, they're, no. No. And Russell was redeemed by the Dragons after being what I would call a urinator on Lang Park. That's right. You know. And he had a career. And that and was he had ruined. a career. And he went to university, I think, and got a degree and redeemed himself, and, but fell apart. And then the press has the temerity to suggest that you're in talks with Penrith. He completely 
completely denies it yes. and goes to Penrith. Yes. Right? Helicopter parent so he's again. he's a liar. Right? Nathan Cleary's for- form falls off the cliff. Yeah. And then last weekend, in yeah. the face of a toweling by the Canberra Raiders, yeah. he allegedly gets into the tunnel and says, Ashley, to Ashley Klein. Ashley? They're Michael Lucking laying all over us, Ashley. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Andy Raymond from Fox Sports. Is there a more honest broker in rugby league says he heard it? Hang on, hang on, let me think. No. All right. Here is what (laughs) Ivan said when he was accused of going the referee. Yeah, I actually went to speak to our captain, Jimmy Tamo, to get him to talk to the refs, which he he did. So, Uh, I might have spoke to us. Yeah, possibly. It wasn't. No, you can ask them. There's nothing uh, untoward. That would suggest there was some frustration there. Oh, I just wanted to clarify something, yeah, which, I mean, probably happens every week, you know, you're trying to get some clarification around certain things, so, yeah. There's no big deal. Well, it probably happens every week where you lie. So, so that's an, is that not an admission that I spoke to the yeah, referees? Yeah, yeah. And now yesterday he's gone, the press said, I never spoke to the referees. Is that right? I don't know what they're saying. I might take action against Fox Sports. Does he think we have the memories of goldfish? <laughs> well, we are league fans. Yes. <laughs> and you have to because if you had the memory about how bad your team was the previous week, you'd never turn up the following and, week. And what impact has this had on Gus Gould at Penrith? Well, well, he left. He left. Because Cleary came back. Yeah. Terrible style. Wow. Coaching has done this to Ivan Cleary. I suggest, Stephen, yeah. that Ivan Cleary is the most evil man in rugby league. Bloody hell. That's you know, how and, bad it and is. And I would, I, if I could count them as what you said before, I don't think Gus Gould is actually... I mean, have we checked his DNA recently? Do we know really that he is human? Well... Because I don't know about that, Chris. I always do regard him as a semi-messianic figure, so... He's some sort of shape-shifting creature, <laughs> if you ask me. And for him to ha- walk away from a situation... Of his that making. Do- that does prove what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that he is the most evil... Did you say evil human on the planet? Or the yeah. most evil force? I just said... Let's, let's just say personality in rugby league. Right, okay. we, we have one more example, Stephen. Yes, okay. Now, mm. Stephen Carney, or Kearney, depending yeah. on what uh, side With of the track you come from. from. Yeah. Well, he's a good guy. Sure, we thought. sure, there was some concern about an issue with Jeremy McCracken many years ago, but yeah. but basically, Kearney just seems like a guy doing his job, true, trying true, to do his yeah. best for his team. And that hasn't been very good, though, has no, it? His <laughs> team, his club, and yeah. his nation, because he coaches the nation. New Zealand Warriors, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The shoddy treatment they received last week in their game against Parramatta led a guy like Stephen Kearney, who doesn't have a bad bone in his body when he first started this job and is a clean skin, would never have sweared, as Ivan Cleary says he never swears. Listen to what Stephen Kearney had to say about the okay, referees. Okay, okay. The strip, you know, like, get rid of it. You know, like, if, you can't, if you can't rule on it and you can't make a decision on it, don't, you know, I want to say piss it off. You know, like, just piss it off. You know, fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. Did it, I, what, I didn't understand that. What did he say? <laughs> no, I'll translate for you. Yes. Piss it off means, but, he said, I don't really know if I should say this, but they should just piss off the rule. Oh, he's saying and, piss. And yeah. he's embarrassed mm. that he had no choice but to use a, a, a curse word like that. Yeah, that is really... But he's, he's on the... That he's should on, be a man of all his dignity. Let's face it, he's hell in a, he's in, hell in a handbasket. Right. He's a rugby league coach. Unbelievable, Chris. You have re- we, we have revealed also, as career guidance counsellors, for all those kiddies out there thinking, what should I do? Coaching. Well, you know, we all go, don't, don't become a ref because that's trouble. You know, the coaching, we thought that was where the good guys go. Because they educate the kids. When you know? I was at school, Stephen, our careers counsellor said, you've got two options in life, data processing or, or <laughs> rugby league coaching. Thank heavens I didn't listen to him. Now you're data processor. Yes. We'll be, fire up. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome you into his lair. Like the nobleman welcomes his guest 
With free dental care and a stock plan that helps you invest. But beware of his generous pensions, plus three weeks paid vacation each year. And on Fridays the lunchroom serves hot dogs and burgers and beer. He loves German beer. He'll sting you with his dreams of power and wealth. Beware of Scorpio. His twisted twin obsessions are his plot to rule the world and his employees' help. He welcomes you into his lair, like the nobleman welcomes his guest, with free dental care and a stock plan that helps you invest. But beware of his generous pensions, plus three weeks' paid vacation each year, and on Fridays the lunchroom serves hot dogs and burgers and Time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Now, James, at the end of the show on 100% Footy, I said I wasn't going to talk about referees in this Mm -hmm. podcast because it's just a no-win situation. Referees think they know the game better than anyone else. It's bizarre. I can't believe some of the things that come out of that place or some of the rulings that we get or the way our game has gone... It's so frustrating. It really is frustrating. Honestly, how they've come up with some of the decisions they have in recent weeks is just mind-boggling. But they persevere down this line because they're the most important thing in the game. I could go on about this for hours, but it's only going to get me worked up and it's only going to make me more frustrated. And that was the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. Ah, rugby league, you magnificent beast. We don't want any. We don't. We don't wish any will towards Gusco. We don't want we him. Love to, him. No, we want to keep him. Keep him happy and peaceful. You know. We love him. We've got uh, a live show coming up, fact- uh, October eleventh, Friday, October eleventh at the Factory Theatre. I've been put in the diary. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you're actually involved. <laughs> you, you won't be on stage, but you'll be there. No, you'll be there I, I will on be stage. There on stage, yeah, yeah. The keepers of the flame, the people that keep fire up going, and Gusco is one of them. And I believe that we'll present a little retrospective of the life of times of Gusco because right. he is a shapeshifter, but yeah. they are words to live by. I wonder if we can get a famous actor to deliver that part. I think there's every chance that we can do that. Maybe we'll try. Gee, Russell Crowe would be good, wouldn't he? Well, Crowe would be great. Hey. I mean, we've got we've got that... Uh, he does thes- fat well, though. We've got that... He doesn't, he, he Roger does Ailes. broad, big man well. Yes. Yeah. We've got that thespian Brendan Cowell as part oh, of the lineup. Wow. He might be able to do a reach and do a gust. He's in the new Avatar. He, That's even better than, than, than uh, 
What's his name again? Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, that's right. I forgot his name already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that'll be exciting. Uh, now, well, i tell you what is exciting, Chris. Well, I, can I just say tickets at factorytheatre.com.au? You, I just did. You just did. Wonderful stuff. Um, look, I love renewal. You know, every year we have this, the four seasons, Chris. You know, yes. And, and it's all about renewal and, and death brings life, etc., etc. And, you know, the bugs break down trees. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I've never liked a deciduous tree that doesn't shed its leaves. I hate that stuff. Perennials. No, we all want to stick around, but we can't. No. You know, exactly. Uh, and I'm referring here to the great stadium that's been pulled down and is now an empty space. Doesn't look like any part of the Middle East, I'm telling you now, Chris. You know, it's funny you should say all right. about that it has no resemblance to the Middle no East at all. Syria no part of that region or any Lebanon, other region any, around the no. world. And But it, we tend to refer to it as Allianz, its most recent sponsoring. Yeah. Right? But I was listening to the Matty Johns podcast, and we're huge Matty Johns fans on this show. Yeah. Oh, Lo- yeah, love yeah. having him on. But he was interviewing Cameron Smith, of all people. Let me tell you, it was a boring episode. But, yeah. um, Cam- not because of Matty. No, not because of Matty. No, no. But, but old Lucifer himself yeah. is asked by Matty, would you consider going into coaching, Cameron? Yes, yes. And, After what we've just said about coaching. Yeah, and he said, wouldn't touch it. So that shows how bad it is if old Lucifer's it's, not even interested. Even Satan won't touch yeah, coaching. Won't touch coaching. Mm. But he was talking about a game that he played at the SFS. And I kind of paused yeah, for a minute yeah, and go, the SFS, what's yeah. the SFS? Yeah. But of course, it's the Sydney Football Stadium. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it's now referred to because I guess they haven't, given there's no building there, there's, there's no one attached to there's it. There's no rights to name. There's no rights to name. And who would want to get on top of that, you know, when uh, Len Leach just pulled it all down? Um Cameron would be a good referee, though. Yeah, he would. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, what, what would he be good for, you know? Second choice. Well, he had a bit of a chuckle about that. He goes, I don't know why the crowd or the fans think that I have any influence on referees. Yes. He says, oh, sure, I just, you know, I might point out, hey, they've got three penalties, ref, we could use one. He's particular. But that's just part of the game, he part said. Part of the game, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And Jesus uh, likes to chat, though, doesn't he? Oh, wow, it goes yeah. on for an hour and yeah. a half. And Max spotted that. Max Krillick spotted that. Yeah, my head's still spinning. Now, any Sydney sider knows that, um, you know, we're in a rebuild phase. Pretty soon, I reckon the light I'll be chugging along down George Street, etc. Twenty twenty six, do you think? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the West Connects opened up. Did you have you used that yet? I, I'm too, too, too. I'm still too scared. Which lane do I go? But apparently they've redone the signage. Yeah. But I'm. I haven't got the guts. It still says idiots to the right, everyone to the left. I right? just actually come. I actually do to a via punch bowl to get onto Parramatta <laughs> Road without having to face it round right, Haverfield Way. Right, right. Too much for me. And then there's the you know the Metro thing. I mean, I'm right next to us here, Redfern. They're, they're building a great big new railway station. They're putting one right, right next to my parents' place in Pitt Street. It's just a hole in the ground as far as I can see. Well, that's exactly what's happened to City Football Stadium. It's basically a hole in the ground. But it doesn't for... look like any part of the Middle East. Now, apparently they've cancelled Lynn Lease's deal to rebuild what they pulled down. Right? Interesting. And they had the Cox architects after upsetting them to rebuild it and design it. Now, they said we've got $729 million, Yep. not a penny more. Not a penny less. Sure, because we're you, fiscally responsible. If you can't do it in that, then don't do it at all. And Lenley said, well, we can't do it. Can you can you believe this, Stephen? I was walking to my car after last night's victory, West Tigers 28, Cowboys 4, yeah. and I saw my mate Mark Hilton in the pub oh, yes. with New South Wales treasurer Dominic Perrottet. Oh, the money man. Yeah. So, oh. of course, I went up and said, Ben Eichen, it's great to meet you. <laughs> yes, and, indeed. And he goes, no, no, I'm Dominic. And I, and I just said, what's going on with the stadium? And he said, Chris... Not a penny more. Not a penny. Not less. a penny less. You, you, you had your hand in his pocket, didn't you? <laughs> you were digging me. around for some coins. <laughs> he oh, me. No, no. Because the Lendley successfully completed the demolition part, but that nibbler yeah. that was uh, gnawing away at the facades of the stadium walls for so many weeks, it seemed, yeah. does cost about $50 million a week to run. Okay, so of this 729 you've got to take that cost out 
immediately. The, the demolition cost is gone. So it could be only three hundred million or something. I'd say they'd be lucky to be three hundred million. Three hundred million now. First of all, you've got to equip every one of those uh, corporate rooms with a high-definition television, a fridge, yes. some comfortable seats, a barista, air conditioning. Can they do that? What, get baristas? Yeah, yeah there's yeah, plenty can, of league players retiring. Can they, of course can they, they can. build the damn thing and then provide all the things that when they say when they build it, people will come? Yes, there's one way they do that. Yeah. And what they do is they have the corporate suites, which are essential. Yeah. And apart from that... If you go to the plans of the Sydney Sports Ground, the old agricultural sports ground, oh yes, built in 1911, oh yes, capacity of 35. We've been there. Yes, it really was just one tiny stadium. I think it, even smaller than that funny one you have on the right hand side, of Leichhardt Oval. Correct. Yeah, the key barns. Of, yeah, a lot of grass. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what they've decided that the successful tenderer, whoever they are, and there's a few out there, yeah, they have been commissioned for the 250 million to just build a strip of corporate suites, yes, not connected to a grandstand, right? A little tiny. Uh, 200-person grandstand on one corner, a la yeah. the sports ground, and yeah. they are going to authentically reproduce the Sydney sports ground. Okay. It'll be like old Sydney town. Look, and look, if it's good enough for Henson Park... More than 10,000 people More at the beer food. Come on now, Chris. And, and, and let's face it, they were probably looking at about 6,000 until uh, Albie and, and they, Royal came on our show. And they might get that done quicker than next year, so therefore we might get the grand final back sooner, and Melbourne or Perth won't get it up, how, or even Brisbane. Yeah, how good... God forbid, New Zealand. How good yeah. they can just piss off. How good yeah, would it be to go to a grand final in a living replica of the sports ground? I know, really. With shelter for yeah. less than a thousand punters. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. Thank uh, you, New South Wales. Thank you, Gladys Berejiklian. And maybe the grand final might be brought back into daylight. <laughs> well, they might have to. There, there, won't, there won't be any, any lights. lights. No, there were no, no lights in nineteen hundred eleven, okay. Stephen. Now, okay, so so you've got no choice. So the coffee machine is going to be pulled out. Yes. Yes, okay. No they'll carpet. Probably, they'll probably just have a coffee cart. Ah, coffee cart, yeah. yeah. Wheel it in. Yeah, just yeah. wheel it in. So at your, at your risk, you bring in your coffee machine. Yeah. If you fail, don't look at us. Yeah, no. yeah. You, you know, you'll get a percentage of the take, probably yeah. 10%. Any TV screens? Uh, well, Will they get the one back from the SCG? Stephen, come on. I mean, I don't want to keep reminding you that you're out of step with modern uh, society and, yeah. and the youth. Yeah. They all can watch on their phones, Stephen. If they want to see a controversial so incident, everybody's watching the footy and watching the phone at the same they time. They don't need some yeah. HD, ultra high yeah. def, um, 4K piece of rubbish no. obscuring the view yeah. of the Paddington terraces. No, just a nice flat open paddock. Dare I say, maybe Uncle Nick could put his hand in his pocket and it, cough well, up the difference. Can I simply say that the corporate suite that mm. will be built for the roosters the one suite. will be state of the art. Right, okay. But Nick will pay for it. So Nick will be waving up there and, you know, hello everybody. <laughs> to yeah. the huddled masses yes. who are being pelted with rain, probably right. a bit of sleet and hail at that particular time of the year. Any change rooms? The players have homes that they yeah. can get ready in. Right, any hot water? <laughs> Stephen, no warm water. I, I'm not sure you're getting this. They are no. absolutely authentically reproducing oh, authentically re- the 1911 <laughs> Sydney Sports Ground. Wow! Plus Nick Politis's corporate suite. Wow. Well, uh, look, I'm excited. I hope you're excited, Chris. Very now, excited. listen, the NRL just came down, and because of the Jack DeBellin, quit him under Jack situation. Unfortunate situation. We're not going to go into it. We've all gone over the summer from hell. Now yes. we've got the winter from hell where there's no rain. That's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be another summer from hell. But in rugby league parlance, that means one atrocity every 22 days. Now, what? I was shocked by what? that. Every 22 days? I thought it was more than that. Because I thought we thrived on one a week. Well, I mean, this is a... Talk about a code in crisis. Yes, Hello, yes. Buzz Rothfield. Yes, yes. How are we... Go- this is why... How are we supposed to survive here? This is why we got paired back to 40 minutes, Stephen. Yes, yes. Because we haven't got the subject matter we're used to. Rugby no. league was such a fertile ground of miscreants and 
atrocities. Can I use the phrase? It says a spate of off-field activity scandals. Right. A spate. And they're saying 22 days, one every 22 days is an issue for the likes of Telstra? Yeah. When I read, I thought it was 22 minutes. Exactly right. I mean, I think 22 hours is what we're looking for here. Yeah. Come on, rugby league, lift your game. And you know that's why our merch is not selling. We can't get rid of those. We can't big get rid of that stuff. No, people, no, no. people go, look, we used to listen to Fire Up, but yeah. they're talking, they're making, they're padding. Yeah. They're padding, padding now. Yeah, and the Trocity Meter Cup doesn't sell at all now. No Trocities, you know. <laughs> what, you got Dylan Arpa yeah. pulling kids, yeah. pianos, and cats out of fires? How yeah, can you yeah, possibly, yes, exactly, Chris. Uh, ironically, we are called Fire Up, but how can we do a show? Yeah. But I've got some good news for you. Really? It's Feel Good Friday, Chris. Oh, thank God. Now, I, w- I want to leave the, 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 the masses out there feeling a little bit happy about themselves, about their career guidance choices. Well, it's probably our last show, so, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, number one, Greg Inglis. Now, we know we've attacked Greg a few times over the years, but it's so great to see him back on the field. Back at training. Very not, happy. Not in a playing capacity, but in a uh, support the boys capacity. Very I'm good news. I'm happy about that. That's, Very that's good news. Feel good news. Now, another Smith, the good Smith. Yes. Not the evil Smith. Yes. Steve Smith. <laughs> Story Redemption. Just goes hand in hand. It was. It was. What almost, happened overnight? It was almost. I believe that uh, Stephen Cameron met at a corporate function about two years ago. Oh yeah. And they exchanged views on sport, life, whatever. And maybe that might have played into that slight misstep by Steve Smith over in Johannesburg. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, but he's back, baby. One hundred and forty-four. Yeah. One hundred and forty-four. Lone hand overnight. Oh, how about that? What happened to Dave Warner? He got uh, two, I think. Two? Did he? Well, <laughs> he'll come good next game. Sure. Surely. The boy from the bra. Well, and the final uh, good news story, loyalty, Chris, is a good thing. I, I'll stick by you through thick or thin. Stephen, I will stick with you so much that even though I won't be here next week, yes. you said, I'm not going to do I'm the show without you. It. I'm not going to do it without you. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it feels well, like... you're prancing around some field in Croatia yeah. to some deep house yeah. DJ. I, I was moving. You said, you're away overseas next week, so I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the draw card, by the way? Uh, for me, it's Purple Disco Machine. Purple Disco Machine. I am very big on Purple Disco Machine. Me too. But we'll be back in two weeks' time. Yeah. But we need to keep everybody happy. In, in the uh, meanwhile. And there's a story about loyalty. All right, okay. So the, the Bulldogs, not a happy story this year, well, generally well, speaking. Except for Dylan Napa. Except for Dylan Napa, that's right. <laughs> now, that's right. So they could be turning the whole career around this week. Can they meet the eight, Chris? No, they can't. No, they can't. Well, they have a sleeve sponsor called M&J Chickens. Okay, now, that always makes you feel good to start with, right? Well, I've got to tell you, I, when I saw the logo, I go, sure, that logo looks familiar. I had no idea it was in relation to chickens. Right. Well, being able to embark on a long-term partnership with a local company is rare in the modern world of sport. And we are delighted, this is the paper saying this, we are delighted that we have been able to extend our partnership with M&J Chickens for a further three years, says Bulldog's boss. To have a partnership reach 20 years, all up, is, I don't know if anybody else has got that. That's sort of like... Except Nick Politis and Ford. That's City Ford. That's yeah. like Merida and Harry Triggerboth. And, and what's, what's fantastic about that is you go, how does M&J Chickens afford to continue the sponsorship? Because there had been word that their performance financially had been slipping slightly. Right. But I think you'll find in a, a parallel press release that came out from M&J Chickens three days ago, yep. they proudly announced that they have secured the Burgeye contract. There you go. That's where the profits are. Now, it says here, the boss, uh, Sam Philactu, said rugby league is in our DNA. Chickens, <laughs> DNA, Canary Bankstown. Well. Really? Well. There you go. Chris, uh, we'll, we will miss you. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, raise your hands high, dance to that beat. Absolutely. And uh, bring home the bacon, all right? See you in two weeks' time. Done, done, and done. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting round of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut.